Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. What's going on? Welcome to Canal and Bell on this Wednesday, Shoe Showdown Day. Later in the show, we'll finish it off as we do every single Wednesday. We'll break down some of the latest shoe releases, and Raj and I will go toe to toe in our be a good shoe game today. for today. I think so too. Uh, fun day. We got some NFL trade deadline news we'll react to as that came out yesterday. It ended at four. Probably not as crazy as some people thought it could be, but we will talk about that nonetheless. Anthony Davis, I want to get to in just a little bit, mm-hmm. but what I love is when I come in and Raja says to me, are we talking baseball? Are we doing the World Series? And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. We don't get to do a lot of baseball, but it is the World Series. Yep. We're getting a game seven tonight, which is one of my favorite things in all of sports. And I think any casual sports fan would want to see what happens. There's just the emotions are high. There's drama. There's seasons at stake. It's win or go home. And you're going to get a chance to see who's going to be the world champion in baseball. So you'll have that opportunity. Uh, last night's game was not without controversy and it was not without some situational Celebration yeah, style, right up your alley. Unfolded. Right it up was. your alley. Yeah. Uh, so you had Alex Bregman early in the game, mm-hmm. hits a home run, and no bat flip. It's I don't know. I guess we're calling this the bat carry. Yeah. So he's just carrying the ball, like just running down. He claims he forgot. He said he just was running and he forgot. <laughs> I don't know if I buy that. Hands it to the first base coach, but he drops it. So the bat ends up like sitting in the middle of the base path. So, so just from a baseball like purist perspective, this yeah. is more disrespectful. This is so than disrespectful. A bat flip. No, I think they're both. I think they're okay. both in the same category of disrespectful. The part that you run into, and this is always as if, if you're going to celebrate, you run the risk that it's going to get put back in your face. Juan Soto for the Nationals later in the game in a more decisive fashion. Hit it a home run on his own, and he carried his bat down, basically showing up Alex Bregman saying, you want to do that game? I'm going to do it too. He one-upped him too, because the release, yes. the release of Soto's bat flip was much more like... Emphatic. Yes, take that. Yeah. So drop that right here. What did you think? As Like, is this one thing that would draw you in more as a casual baseball viewer? Because that's always like the argument yes. is... That Soto bomb was pretty Yeah. I mean, sick. well, first of all, that pitch was high and tight. Like, that was way up in the zone, <laughs> right? Inside. On it. He got the whole barrel on the damn ball. He yoked it. Um, uh, it would, like, look, I don't really care about the bat flips. I've told, I've said this before. Right. But the pettiness for some reason does <laughs> yes. draw me in a little bit. Like, I, I'm interested in that. Yes, yeah. it does. Absolutely. Now, Alex Bregman, this is a question I have for you. Yeah. After the game, he apologized. He said, that was not the way I was raised to play the game. Oh. Uh, I got the motions uh, got the best of me. So I see you're, I see you're bothered by that. Yes. But my question for you, Alex Bregman is sort of a cocky punk. He has been pushing the envelope. I don't think there's any chance Bregman apologized if they won. Right. I think he apologized simply because Soto showed him up and it looked bad and they lost. Where I've, that's always been my thing. Like if you're going to celebrate, you better make sure it's the right time. Like sort of as if a team's losing. Now, I know his team wasn't losing at the time, but if you're going to be that brash cocky guy, yeah. you open yourself up to a lot of criticism if you get exactly what happened last night with Soto. Yeah. I, here's the deal. I, and I've said this before. If you're going to come out and you're going to do something like that, just go with it. Don't right. apologize. Right. What are you apologizing for? If that, especially, I don't know, Alex Bregman, but if that's what, if that's who you are, if that's what like your persona is, is kind of, uh, it, it, that's the narrative on it in, in Major League Baseball. Dude, don't get up there and apologize in game six of the World Series about a bat flip. Hey, guess what I'm coming out there tomorrow night to do? Right. 
I'm going to carry that thing to second base. <laughs> exactly. Like, well, initially my thought was, and this is sort of the old man, like concern for safety. It is a weapon. Like if there was a pitcher, like I would be, that's one thing that would kind of be like, if I was the commissioner, well, I thought, is there, any rule, is there any rule there about like, be. if you carried it around, could you carry it all the way See, around? That's the base, where bases? I think it'd be problematic. And right. that's where I think they maybe should implement, Hey, you have to leave it behind somewhere. Right. Cause baseball has been. The, the like MLB offices, they've promoted this game. Play loud, like play aggressive. They want like the the sport is dying. What's like it used to be America's pastime. They're yes. trying to create some buzz around it. I do think they might need to put something in because what if somebody says something and you just don't want the worst scenario to unfold? And I hate that. I don't like preparing for the worst case scenario. Right. It's just a pretty simple rule. Go off, do your bat flips, do something. You know, just don't carry it around the bases because that'll be the next thing. Correct. It's always sort of the direction it goes. That, that wasn't even what had me most fired up. Well, see, that's what's interesting is that baseball is in the buzz right now because of that. That's, I think, a good buzz, like a good conversation to have. Unfortunately for baseball, what I think was an awful display was some of the umpiring that was on display and just the length. It was a four, over almost five minute delay when they're reviewing this, talking about it, trying to get it sorted out. And the play you're talking about is when there's a dribbler down the line, Trey Turner for the Nationals is running down the first base line. Astros pop out to make it, make the throw. The first baseman, I think, did a really good job by having his glove come off because then it looks like, oh, my gosh, there's interference. They call him out. It's a long delay in the process. Your reaction was what? What bothered you so much about it? What bothered me about the play was bang-bang play, non-reviewable. So you're going purely off of like what you saw in that second. Right, subjective call. Um, And the letter of the law, I understand. You're saying that they're supposed to run outside the line. The problem is, and Trey Turner addressed it in the press conference afterwards, the batter's box like lined you up kind of yeah. uh, inside the line to begin with. Right. Plus it was a drag bunt, right? Yeah. Like that's pulling you kind of into that. And he never strayed from his course. And he wasn't like in the grass, Danny. He was on right. that line the entire way. And then the kicker for me was that the throw was inside. Mm-hmm. So that pulled the first baseman's glove into where he was running. So I, I thought that was one of those that I sided with the Nationals. Um and you would have, if you were Major League Baseball and it ended on that, like if that's what decided the World Series. Right. And, the, and, and, um, that the Jack didn't come, who was at Rendon a couple batters later. Yeah. If that didn't happen, it, it, you would have been dealing with right. a whole another level it of controversy. It avoided today. a worst case situation. Cause right. If it would have ended a World Series potential and ended the Nationals chances yeah. off a bad call, that could have been the worst situation. Um, here's the thing. As a former baseball player, you're always trying to manipulate the rules as best you can. Like I don't want to give Trey Turner a total pass and say it was wrong because as a base runner, yeah. you are trying to make it as tough as possible in every situation on the defenders. What do that? You so see some with variance on his path though? Like that was a straight and arrow path as you can get. But you're as the hitter, as the batter coming out of the box, it is your job. There's a line. There's actually a white line that's drawn, not the base path, uh-huh. but like the runner's lane. And it's about a three foot to the right. And it looks like a, an alley that you're supposed to run in. And it is to the right side of that. That's because you're going to try to round first. <laughs> base though right. but if you're just trying to beat out a grounder right but he is by rule supposed to stay to the right of that so it is on him okay. to steer back there yeah but the problem that baseball runs into and this is what i would say if i was trey turner how am i supposed to touch the bag because the bag is in play it's to the left side of the line if you're running straight to the bag right then you're inside i have actually seen and this is this is one thing that annoyed me when i was coaching my daughter's little league softball team uh-huh. when they were six seven and eight in Little League, they actually have a base, a special base at first base that is extended over so you don't have to run in the field of play. It actually goes over to the right. It's yeah. different than a Major League Baseball base. 
Maybe they put that in. No, do not do that. <laughs> I know, I do know. Not, it would, do not do that. That would be a, a, a circumstance that you wouldn't want to see as well. <laughs> do not maybe, do that. maybe it would go that way. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, game seven tonight will be fun. Maybe we'll break that game all, we're going to go do a whole all show the tomorrow. Way. Hey, right. you know where you, remember we used to do a segment? Oh. I know we're late. Yeah. We used to do Talk, a segment. Raj not talking baseball? No, you know. Oh, that. Yeah, that no, one. We used to, uh, softest Strasburg. Yeah. He didn't look soft last night though, bro. It's eight and a, that was eight and a third. Yeah. Like, uh, oh yeah. yeah. No, he I mean, can't. You, that's right. You yeah. did stop the stress. That was one of our first yeah. couple shows. Yeah. He's been money. The dude might be MVP of the World Series. Uh, if things continue in the next Our bad win, homes are bad. He might have been one of the biggest spots of it. Uh, it's crazy the way that's unfolded. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to know one other thing from the game. I forget what it was. Shoot. I had a good comment. I can't remember it. My mind's all <laughs> over the place that I wanted to hit on. Uh, oh, ma- uh, opportunity. So this is what I think you tune in for game sevens. Like you want to see winner go home, but you also will see opportunities for greatness. So there is a sideline story developing. Max Scherzer, uh-huh. who I think is the opposite of Strasburg, although Strasburg is, is killing that perception of him. Max Scherzer earlier this season took a foul ball to the nose in batting practice, broke his nose, and went out and pitched that night. Right. He's one of the toughest dudes in baseball and one of the best pitchers in baseball. So he looks crazy. He does look crazy. Yeah, he he crazy. is, he's, but he's one of those like badass dudes yeah, no, that you don't want to mess with. Yeah. So. The other day, he was supposed to pitch in game five. He woke up with the neck spasm, like oh. a neck. He had to have his wife drive him in the stadium. He couldn't lift his arm. So he went and did a, so he was supposed to pitch game five. He gets a cortisone shot. It's 24 hours. Last night, they had him up in the bullpen as a possibly reliever. Yeah. He could start for them game seven, which would be a, like, that could be the likes of Kurt Schilling with the bloody sock game sure. when it's like heroic performances. So that's what I'm hoping for. Hopefully he gets them out. I haven't seen any news on that. Uh, if there's there. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. All right, welcome back to Canel and Bell as we uh, hit on this new, I don't want to say groundbreaking, but it is a landscape-shifting uh, process that's taking place. And the reason I kind of downplay it somewhat is the NCAA came out yesterday and put out a statement and said they are, this is kind of comical. Uh, well, actually, no, it's not. They are saying we must embrace change. You they must. are never going to embrace change. That's the thing I think is funny. They have fought this tooth and nail. They're saying it through clenched teeth. Yes, exactly. But I think what they're doing is they're reading the tea leaves saying this is an unwinnable battle. Sure. We've seen the courts decide that we are going to lose this, so let's try to get up with the times. And they come out with this rule. Uh, they come out with a board, and they want to consider the modernization of – um, college athletics and try to get on board with it. Now they still are holding on to some things that they want to hang on to. They want to make it clear the distinction between collegiate and professional opportunities. They want to maintain, uh, the priorities for student athlete success. All these things I think are good in theory. Um, my thing is, has always been, I do not want the players 
to be paid as employees. Right. I think that opens up a can of worm. I think financially it would be very strapping to universities. I think this new policy, this name, image, and likeness policy, which is really an Olympic model, is a good compromise that the NCAA should be embracing and saying, you know what? This isn't going to take a dime out of our pockets. Right. Like if they've always been accused as being, hey, just money-making and greedy and that's why they don't want to pay the players, this prevents them from having to do that. So I would say get on board quickly and do whatever you have to do to appease the masses so you don't find yourself in court again. Because I still think they want to put some restrictions on the earnings and some other stipulations that I don't think are going to fly. Right. I would say get on board with it sooner rather than later so you can continue your profitability and you can keep funding scholarships for sure. thousands of athletes, which sure. is a great thing. But the more they fight it, I think they're just going to find themselves in an unwinnable battle again. Uh, yeah. I Look, you said everything I wanted to say. Um so I'm not going to rehash that. You know who really wins in this? It's all the kids that love EA Sports college football and college basketball and all yes. those. Yes. Okay, but here's the thing. They I will win, say though. this. My kids are so pissed that they can't play. Right. Like, yeah. But yeah. I saw this around yesterday. I don't know that it's a done deal that it comes back. Why? Because EA Sports is in the business of making money. Lots of money. So you have to pay for the... And there's more. So the NBA, you have a very limited amount of players that you have to pay for their name, and name image, and likeness. No, it's a or, license. It's a licensing check. Right, but those are collectively that, bargained. Correct. Where's the collectively bargained agreement from the players? Like, there isn't well, one. Well, there isn't one now, but I mean, like... Like, that's a, that's an... See, I think it's a ways off. I would love to see it. Yeah, I love have it. a union, then you got to find, like... You, exactly. It, Who's yeah, going to determine wow. the split? Who's going to say what is fair and well, equitable for them? my kids probably yeah. won't see that. I don't know. I think maybe within five years. But, like, for anybody that's thinking it's coming out next season... Yeah, correct. It's not. It's not. And the NCAA's it's rule itself, I know. It's a bummer. Like, I wish it was there, too. Yeah. But again, this is one thing that bothers me. A lot of misinformation that's out there. And I'm not saying that you were doing it. I would love to see it. I just don't think it's there. Yeah. I, and there's thousands of players they would have to pay. And granted, it wouldn't be that much money. But I wonder if the players said, hold on a second. We're not going to do it for just a thousand. We want 10,000. Or if you're Trevor Lawrence, you hold out and you say, no, 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 I don't want to do it for 10. I want a hundred. Yeah. Whatever the number is. Cover who's on the cover of yeah, it. Yeah. Like there's all a, no, there's, things it's have a, to be. It's, it's a cold can of worms, yeah. which is why I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on it because it's a ways off. It's a step in the right direction. I think it's a good thing. It's not going to mean death to the NCA. It's not going to mean that college athletics is destroyed and it ruins the sports. Like both, neither side is right. Right. Qualify somewhere in the long, in the middle. It'll be a good thing, I think, when it's all said and done. Um, you know who should be attributed to this? This is all according to him. It's We can thank him for it. One LeBron James. I have a problem with this. I like LeBron. Did Some he, of the things he, he does. credit for it? Here's his tweet straight from his mouth. It's a beautiful day for all college athletes going forward from this day. Thank you guys for allowing me to bring more light to it. <laughs> I'm proud, so proud of the team at Uninterrupted, bringing focus on this, and everyone has been fighting this fight. Not a victory, but a start. So, for allowing him. Let LeBron him. live, man. <laughs> he didn't say nothing wrong. He didn't say anything wrong. He took a Wasn't lot of credit it? for it. I mean, if I'm not mistaken. It was really Ed O'Bannon. It was, was the guy who started right. the legal process. Correct. With the EA Sports gaming system, which really brought this to light and brought it to forefront, and he won that case. Right. Which is why we've come so far. LeBron definitely deserves some credit. It was on his show where the governor of, uh, of California. California, they actually signed the bill into law. Yeah. He, he loves it. I, I, he loves taking credit for it. Listen, if, look, man, LeBron, LeBron is is LeBron. Yeah, right? like <laughs> yes, what are you gonna do? do it, exactly. Let him, let him live. Hey, he. You know what? He's sort of that position where he's posi painted himself in such a light. No one's gonna. Not everyone's gonna love everything he does. And not, you know, like, it's yeah, just, it's he's what a it polarizing is. figure. You know, yeah. it's just whatever it is. I don't love that line. 
but he's done some good things. And he deserves credit for some of it, not all of it. Um, his team last night was in action too. You see that segue? That was a good job by Joey. Was in action last night. Anthony Davis, uh, had for 40 and 20 in just three quarters mm. of play. He did complain about shoulder pain. I want to get to in a second. What was your career high in a game? What were the most points you ever scored? 33. 33. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. Really impressive. And that was like a full 40. Like I played like four. <laughs> right. Well, I was going to say, cause uh, when we read our update, he had 26 free throw points. No, that to me isn't absurd. Like that's crazy. But when you're that type of physical imposing presence and you play around the rim that much, you get those types of calls, you get 26 points in the paint. I mean, that's insane. Look, I'm not knocking. I didn't watch the whole game. I watched bits and pieces of this. He is a problem and he's going to be especially problematic for a, uh, a team like the Grizzlies, like a young Jaron Jackson kind of out there trying to guard him and, and Valanchunas isn't, isn't mobile enough necessarily to really handle what he does. So he's going to be, but that's a lot of free throws, man. Like, that is a lot. That's a lot of free throws. I'm not saying he didn't deserve them because I didn't see them all, but that's a lot of free throws. And to his credit, a lot of big struggle with it. He's made 26 of 27, Absolutely. which is really impressive. And 20 boards is work too. Like yeah. that's, that's a, that's a lot of work in 30 minutes. No doubt about it. So he's the first so, Laker. Oh. All he's hit and said, but I'll just give a stat. First Laker with 40 and 20 since Shaq did it in 2003 and the sixth Laker ever to do it, joining some pretty exclusive company wilt shack kareem elgin baylor and george mikan no those are look, the mikan drill when i was Mike, growing up i hated Mike, that thing i just found out before before the show george mikan was undrafted is that correct joey i think it is yeah he yeah, did have that george, up george as, a, as, a, as a um i said this before about ad that's correct all right thanks I, I said this before about the lakers not playing through ad necessarily when he has numbers like that like it'll tempt you to tempt me to be like hmm man Maybe you play, but I do feel like the 40 and 20, as much as, you know, he led them in terms of point production and stuff. I don't feel like they necessarily played. When I hear playing through someone, like you're giving them the ball, they are initiating offense either for themselves or someone else. So you're coming down, AD take that thing. Everybody else kind of plays off of that and he's going to go to work. Not isolation. Is it different than no, isolation? No, it, it can be off of an ISO, right. right? Or it can be where he's just your primary um, decision maker with the ball. Whatever else is going on around, he's the facilitator. So, like, you know, he's got the best matchup, and he's going to determine whether it's either his job to score it or it's better off getting it somewhere else because he's drawn some sort of double team or created a mismatch. I still feel like even when he's having these 40 and 20s, um, their best bet isn't to play purely through him. It's to let him go to work when he's got the mismatch. But you're coming down and LeBron is your decision maker, right? Because when you're playing through someone, they got to be your best decision maker, your best, you know, IQ player, the guy who can and, – and LeBron is that. So, you know, this is what LeBron had to hope was going to happen when, when he came over. Like, I got a guy who go off for 40 and 20 on any given night, and those are nights that I can almost take off in terms of having to – Really carry the load, carry the load, which is going to help him in the long run. But I, you got to resist the temptation to see those numbers and say, "Hey, we're just going to come down and just give AD the ball, and everybody else is going to be complimentary to that." How concerned are you about him complaining about shoulder soreness? Some injuries have plagued him somewhat throughout his career. Yes, concerned? yes. Why not? Yeah, I mean, you'd have to be if 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 you've had a track record of injuries like AD has had. Um, he was complaining really early in that game, and so I guess I would say my concern is eased a bit. In that I saw him doing it in the first quarter and he wound up with 40 and 20, 26 and 27 free throws. So it didn't bother him that much. Right. Um, but anytime you got a guy out there that's pawing at it and complaining at it, you, you mean, shoot, you got to be concerned. No doubt about it. Uh, speaking of LeBron James, who we were yeah. giving a hard time. Did you hear the chants they were doing at the arena? No. Taco to, oh, we got it. All right. Let's hear it. Let's uh, hear it. All right. So let's listen to it. Ha, 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 ha. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's great. All right, so now, I love it. So the entire arena there is chanting Taco Tuesday, which is great. Now, he did try to copyright the Taco Tuesday thing. Nah. Would he have been paid for all those people saying that? Um it's easy to knock LeBron. Hey, it's fun. I actually like Taco Tuesday. Some people don't like it. I didn't love the fact that he tried to copyright it, but hey, if you can make some money off it, you, you can do that. Lakers need to partner with some, like, not that they haven't. Yeah, Taco Bell. Give them, somebody. Give them, give them away. Give like, if you get, yeah. Absolutely they do. The other thing where it's a real hard time to, uh, criticize him, he actually did provide, went and bought tacos for a lot of the fighter fighters, buying, uh, he oh, bought yeah. them, He's yeah, he went and served them. The fires yeah, because the, some like, of the stuff is in LA. I don't know if you've seen some of the pictures that are going oh, out there. Yeah, it yeah. looks like crazy, scary, like end of time type I, stuff. I, I couldn't even Entire imagine. mountainsides and LeBron and his family were, he was tweeting out the other day, I'm looking for a hotel. I yeah, can't find a hotel. Find we had to leave our house. So, uh, good stuff for him looking out for the firefighters and first responders out there and buying them tacos and taking advantage of it. So this is going to be a thing. Every time he plays on Tuesday, <laughs> there dancing. It was pretty fun to see him do that. Um, moving on to the Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler does make his debut finally for the Miami Heat. What, Scores 21. Finally. Like, what's the problem here? All right. I'm curious to know your thoughts on this. <clears throat> so he missed his opener, which is okay. Yep. And he missed the second game. Then he missed the third game. Do you know why he missed those games? Yeah. He was having a child. Yes, is why somebody was somebody was having a child. Yeah. He wasn't having the child. Well, so yes. <laughs> somebody his was, child was yes, being born. Yes, his child was being yes. born. Um, do you have any problem with missing three games? I don't have a problem with missing one. Here's the Maybe if the team's on the road and you have to, it takes a while to get caught up with them, but three games over the course of a week? Here's what I don't know. It's a lot. There can be a lot of complications True. sometimes when you have a child. True. Um, so if there were any complications, totally then, okay. Then I would it. say completely. Absolutely. Fine. If that was a healthy baby, girl or boy, and mom was doing well too, then I do think three games is a little excessive to miss. Like that's one of those things where you're there, you're in the moment, you take the night, you cuddle that thing up as much as you can, you make sure everybody's good, and then you get back to work. Right. Yeah. I, that's what I would say too. And this is where I think some people, and there's commonalities with all walks of life and everything, I think if you work at a corporate job wherever you are, I think there's some people – that will take it as much as they can get with yeah. everything, whether yeah. it's paternity, maternity, leave, whatever it is. They're well, going to take the full whatever they're allotted. And I bet some people in the office roll their eyes and say, you know, well, they probably could have come back earlier. I think it's probably the same thing on the heat. Like some guys are like, man, probably could have come back, but hey, can't criticize it. Like I think it's the same. I think it's the same in life. And I, the thing that I think was surprising is I don't think Jimmy Butler's the guy that, that would just kind of take advantage of it and say, you know what, I'm going to take off as much time as I can. No, I, I have an excuse. I don't think he's milking it. I think he was – making a clear point that his family comes first, right? And he's one of those guys that is really secure in, in who he is as a, as a person and as a, as a player. And he's like, look, I'm going to do what I need to do for the family. And that's fine. Um, the difference I would see like in a work environment is like, if you took a couple extra days off here, mm-hmm. um, that's not necessarily going to cost us a playoff spot or it's not going right. to cost us. You know what I mean? Right. Like, which is, you only which have is 82 games. Right. So, you know, you start taking handfuls of those off when you don't necessarily need to. And sometimes it does come down to like a half a game Absolutely. or a tiebreaker. It happens all the time. The so, you know, that's the only, that's the only thing I would say about that. I, I really ultimately three games isn't a huge deal, but I'm, I'm the old school. Like everybody's good. Baby's good. Mom's good. I, let me get back to the team after we've, we, we, we've witnessed the birth and, and made sure everything was good. Right. And you can miss all the practice you want. Sure. Do whatever you sure. want. You can travel back and forth if you need to. Just kind of be there when you're, when your team needs yes. it. Uh, in that spot. Well, they needed him last night. He scored 21 in his debut. Uh, the rookies still lead the way for the Heat are hey. now three and one to start off. And they've had some surprises. Tyler Hero finished with 29, but Kendrick Nunn 
continues to have this unprecedented run from a rookie that we've seen leads all rookies in stories uh in scoring with yeah. 21 i couldn't even told you who this dude was yesterday before um, joey told me about it. well i didn't know until probably two and a half weeks ago i was listening to an interview uh, of the heat broadcast team i think it's eric uh it was eric reed maybe that was it was, t- it was talking on air and he was talking about this guy kendrick nunn and so then i went and started you know watching some video doing some research on him i watched a game man how do you my question is i get how you could miss on me and players like me that came in you saw some potential there to maybe defend um you know it's gonna take a few years to really get going and, and hit a stride like my my career would bear that out right like, this guy, you dropped him in right away, and he's producing like that? How does everyone miss on that? I have no idea. It's a phenomenon like we haven't seen. He also played um, at Illinois. So Big Ten basketball is no. very big. Like, you saw scouts watched him play right. and saw him have that opportunity. He was a four-star recruit, so they've, they've had him on in radar for a long time. Yes. And they said, nah, we're good. And well, then the Warriors had him on their team. And Santa said, Cruz, right? Yeah. Um, the only thing I can think of, and I don't, I don't know him, and I don't know that this to be a fact, but he left Illinois. I think there was some situation there, and he wound up at Oakland, um, which is a smaller school there in Illinois. Uh, maybe there was some kind, like we talk about this all the time when NBA and NFL teams, and you know, they're scouting, and it's not just purely your physical, you know, attributes and how many points you can score, but they're doing a deep dive into your personal history and. You know, right. What goes on with you and what happened there? Why did he leave Illinois? Look, maybe there was something checkered there. I don't know. I'm only speculating, but it's hard to see a guy that's ready to play in the NBA. Like 21 points is leading all rookies. It's probably like, I don't know, top 25 or 20, 30 in the yeah, NBA right, right now. So a guy that you could drop in and have that type of production right away. It's hard for me to, 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 to think that that was purely based on like he wasn't like physically ready to do it. There had to be something else going on. Right, for sure. Joey, would you have a staff from last night too? Well, yeah, well, well, first of all, yeah, like, like you guys are talking about, what he's doing is unprecedented for any, like rookies, for any undrafted rookie, just averaging 21 a game and in, in four, he's in pretty rare company just in rookies in general. Um, but what I watched the game last night, what kind of impressed me was Eric Reed told a story actually on the broadcast that after or before the game, they talked to Kendrick Nunn, and they they brought up to him how he was second in the nation in scoring behind Trey Young his senior year, and if in college, and if he you know if he thinks about that and how he got overlooked, and he just kind of like smiled and was like, yeah, I remember. <laughs> Trey Young went scoreless for the first time in the first quarter this season last night, and Kendrick Nunn was guarding him. Yeah, the yeah. kid just knows he belongs. You could just see it like the eye test, like. He, you see guys come out of the G League every now and then, and they put up scoring numbers, and they have a little run here and there, but he just absolutely looks like he's belo- he belongs. I've never seen it out of an undrafted guy like that. Yeah, he's – he's uh, you know what happens, Danny? It happens in football. It happens in every sport. When you, when you hit the court um, in the NBA, if – and you're a relatively unknown entity, right? If you show any fear, even for a split second, those are some of the most, like, you talk about sharks smelling blood in the water. Yeah. Like, professional athletes sense that just as well as a damn shark senses blood. If there's any fear in your eye or in hesitancy in your game, they, they find that. They know it. They're like, oh, not ready. He's not ready to do it. So, so, like, some of those guys that come out of the G League and have a little bit of success, they're just a little uncertain as to whether or not, to Joey's point, they belong. Right. And it, and it shows up in, in the way they carry themselves or the, you know, maybe the hesitancy to shoot the jump shot or, or drive the ball. This cat has hit the floor and he's telling you, Hey, I'm coming at you. What, like, I'm, whether this is successful or not, 
I'm coming at you. And if you combine that attitude with the skill set, you got something cooking. All right. So right now, I can get Ja Morant <laughs> at plus 250. Yeah. I can get RJ Barrett at plus 300. I can get our boy Kendrick Nunn at plus 3,000. Should I take a flyer on it for rookie of the year? Here's the, here's the if problem. He, if he stays the highest scoring rookie, do you need the brand equity? Do you need some here, of that? No. Well, maybe. Like, uh, there's, that's marginally in play there. What I think is more in play is the platform that he may not continue to have as guys come back. Like, you don't know what the Heat are going to do with that, right? Like, right. I would say at this point. Right. He's established. Probably he's, ride that. Um, right. or ride with that. But Jimmy Butler is an alpha of alphas. Um, and when push comes to shove, if anything gets a little sideways, you know, the ball is going to be in Jimmy's hand, right? And so I don't know that he continues to have the same platform that he has right now. I think he'll continue to produce, but I don't know if he's going to have the same platform that those guys will have over the course of the whole season. Also, do you think, uh, you know, we talk about with the MVP voting, um, you know, like guys like LeBron and AD and Kawhi and PG splitting votes. Tyler Hero had 19 in the second quarter last night. He ended up with 29. He's averaging 16 points a game himself. Even if he gets the platform, could they split votes in rookie of the um, year if they keep no, playing really well? Well, right, maybe. Right, yeah, I, I don't know that they split most votes as much as the MVP conversation. You'd be splitting votes. Right. Um, Tyler Hero, by the way, is plus 500. So he is a much higher favorite than yeah. our boy Nunn. So I just like the long shot. I always like taking Well, Kendrick Nunn, is Kendrick Nunn technically a rookie? Did he play any games for Golden no, State? No, he's, he's on his rookie of the year. Yeah. yeah. He's on the rookie of the year odds of plus 3,000. So. That he might have a better chance at most improved. That probably sucks for him. He got one game in the league last year and could have came in as a second-year player. Most improved, he might have locked up. Right. Yeah. Would you get bonuses for that? Or is it most improved a, or rookie of the year? Yeah. No, rookie of the year, you probably have in your contract. You think most improved has a, a bonus? If you had a, you had a good agent in your shoe deal or something like that, you probably yep. did it. Um, yesterday, we talked a little bit about the uh, Jackie McMullen piece about the uh, Brooklyn Nets and how Kyrie was moody. Yeah. I think we could have a massive problem on our hands. Because his teammates now are throwing him under the bus. DeAndre Jordan, I think just through, like, saw, so this is, this is actually, this is the exact way you should handle it. So DeAndre Jordan came out. Kyrie's a bad guy. He's terrible. He's moody. I don't like to be around him. He's horrible in the locker room. He's a selfish player. I don't like his haircut. I wear his shoes only because they're comfortable because he makes me. That's hilarious. Is that good? That is exactly how you defuse a situation. But could, like, if he would have given a serious answer or, like, you know, said, oh, well, you know, or, like, just no comment. Yes. Like, this is the way to diffuse the conversation. This is a great quote from DeAndre Jordan. I love the way he handled this. This was perfectly played. Um, and the Nets came out and, and Kenny Atkinson kind of came out and said that, that, uh, it was false. I, look, I, I thought a lot about this because, I mean, it just made absolutely no sense to me. And I asked Joey, I don't know if this is fair or not. Uh, G Jackie McMullen's like a Boston reporter, right? She's Boston based. I think based. so, yeah. I just find it hard to believe, and Joey and I debated this. I find it hard to believe that someone in Brooklyn, this early in the relationship, all just would aside, offer this up. Would offer this up. Like yeah. it serves no purpose, right? Um, unless they were, uh, behind the scenes, you know, completely trying to undermine the, the, the power structure there and they wanted an opportunity, you know, at something, you know what I mean? But it makes no sense for someone to come out and, and leak this. And I just wondered, like, you know, Boston fans, let's just, they're probably not too happy with Kyrie, right? Right. 
Yeah, dude, she's a Boston reporter. <laughs> like, I don't know. Right. It just makes no sense. I to would me. say this too. There's oftentimes there is a disconnect between players and front office. Yeah. Maybe some of the front office ran across Kyrie a couple times, didn't like him, was like, hey, he didn't pay me the respect. No, but that, Irvin said it, but you that's know? fine, Danny. But to, like, you, yeah, those I guys agree. are usually smarter than that. They're not always the most brilliant guys in the room. Like it makes think. them look but, bad. Yeah. Like, you're the ones that signed them. Right. Like, you're the way it's going to make you look bad in the wrong way. Spencer Dinwiddie also did add to it. They did a great job. I've actually spoken to him and guarded him more than I'd like. So if he wants to take a break, like, that's cool. We <laughs> Not talk for three hours. Uh, exceptional way to handle that, which could have been a really bad situation. Welcome back to Canel and Bell. Uh, as we get to the NFL, it was the uh, trade deadline yesterday at four. We're going to hit on some of those. There was also a quarterback change. Andy Dalton, who I think was the boringest quarterback in the ah. NFL. Really, like even at the beginning of the season, everybody's records are zero zero. Yeah. And then before their season fell apart, I would have said which fan base is least excited. To enter the season, expectations, excitement, everything, I would have said it was the Bengals. Like Andy Dalton is, is a good guy. Like I right. like him, but he's just, you know exactly what you're going to get. It's going to be right in the middle of the road. And that's kind of a bad place to be, whether it's actually record, whether you're playing quarterback, like you want somebody who's going to be able to take you to the next level or probably somebody's going to be bad. And you can just see it's bad and you're going to make a change. Right. Finally, they come to the decision. Hey, it's time to move on. They drafted Ryan Finley in the fourth round of, of NC state. So it's like, all right, makes the decision. They did it, made the announcement on his birthday. It's tacky. Feel bad at all that? Yeah, I do. That's tacky. You think so? Yeah, it's tacky. What do you mean? But do you think they knew? What do you mean? I don't think they had any chance of knowing. I don't think they, I think the coaches. Oh, I'm not, I'm not saying they did it on purpose. I'm saying right. it's tacky. It sucks. Yeah. Yes, like, it sucks. It happened to me. Right. Did it really? When I was on the New York Giants. So this is, I only started, you know, almost two years in the second year, my last time we were playing the Eagles that week and they made the decision to bench me and it was my birthday and my birthday week was right there. Had to sit there. It sucked. It's like, whatever. Right. I don't know. I, but I didn't like people were like, I can't believe they did this. How bad is this? I don't think they knew. And I don't, but I don't think they would have avoided it either. Like, I don't think the Bengals, if they would have known, would have said, let's wait another week. Like, I don't, I wouldn't expect them to do that either. Not a week, but a, you can't wait another day. <laughs> day. You could well, wait a day for a guy all, who's been your franchise quarterback for what? But eight it's all years? timing though, cause Tuesday's your off day. So what? And it's when the coaches meet and make the decisions. They probably wanted to let him know before he came to work today, but you could. You could have waited. You could have let him know let and him not celebrate. told everyone else. But it still sucks for right. his birthday. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, but, I mean, in the grand scheme up. of things, I don't think that the, the fact that it's his birthday is 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 what's going to hurt the most here. Like, do you know what I mean? That wasn't the worst birthday I ever had in the NFL. There was another. That one sucked. Like, losing out on your job and you knew it was going to be yes. And That wasn't the worst. When I was on the Falcons later, our bye week was on my birthday. birthday. And I couldn't get anybody to uh, go with me. We were actually in San Francisco for a week because uh -huh. we played the Raiders and the 49ers back-to-back. -back, so we just stayed out there. So my birthday was on Monday. It was like an off day. So yep. I was like, hey, I want to do something. It's my birthday. Couldn't get anybody to go with me. So I was like, screw it. I'm going. I had also had a bad breakup in a relationship yeah. at the time. So I was kind of feeling sorry <laughs> for myself. I went to Vegas by myself. You dolo yeah, Vegas? Doloed Vegas. How long were you there for? Just 24 hours. Oh, my like, God. I went in, flew in. And then I, that is bad. You know what was even worse? That's bad. I lost. <laughs> I just sat there at the tables and lost bet after bet. That's Had to go back by myself uh, with an empty wallet and a lot uh, cheaper, uh, less money in there uh, then. <laughs> yeah, that was a bummer. So, yeah. Andy Dalton, just make sure this is your worst birthday. Don't create another one. Uh, the NFL, the trade deadline was yesterday at 4. There's a lot of speculation that, hey, this could be a crazy deadline. A We've seen a lot. Yeah, I think so too. There wasn't 
the big move that we were anticipating. There were some rumblings of potentially in the Jets. We're going to get to that in just a minute. Probably the biggest shocker for me was Trent Williams, the tackle for the Redskins, who has made it known the entire season, entire offseason, I don't want to be here. He complained about their medical staff, said, yeah. you guys mishandled me. I don't want to play here. They've had every opportunity the Redskins have to get something in return because clearly he doesn't want to be there long term. Right. Instead, the Redskins got greedy, didn't take any offers, and now they're stuck with him. And guess whose holdout ended, which kind of sucks for Trent Williams because now he wants to get paid something yeah. this season. Sure. He's going back to work. Yeah. They spited <laughs> so, him. Hey, they got him. They spited yeah, him. Yeah, look. they did. But I think they could have gotten, if they would have done it right, at worst case, I think they would have got a second round pick. Well, you spited yourself and, to spite yeah, him, right? Exactly. Like, cut off your nose to spite your face. Exactly. You, um, that was one of the situations that was a little bit toxic. The Dolphins tanking, they are taking a page out of the NBA playbook where they are taking on players' salaries in return for draft picks. So that's why they took on Aqib Tlaib's deal from the Los Angeles Rams, traded him in return for a fifth-round pick. So Miami now has 13 picks in the 2020 draft. What? And it's a fifth-round pick. Here's what I would say. I don't like this in the NFL. I clear. I don't like it in the NBA, but I think in the NBA, and the Sixers are a pretty good example of how it can work, although Markel Fultz didn't exactly work. Nope. So many picks that happened to work. Of these 13 picks that they're going to have in the 2020 draft, I wonder how many of them will actually be meaningful starters. And I would put that number probably at three or four. Yeah, that's it's not worth it for me. Um, now, if you find a generational quarterback, like, you know, if one of these guys, whoever it is that you choose, they got to pick somebody. But um, if you find that, maybe it's all worth it if you're going to have that building block to build around. But anything short of that, Danny, like I don't care if you get the kid from Ohio State who's the best defensive uh, player. Maybe, you know, I heard Brady talk about him. Like, I'm sure he's ridiculous. Right. If you just, you if that's not enough, right, to do what you're doing. No, it's not. not enough because in basketball you can make it, and even the guys that have been drafted, it takes a long time for them to get good, to mature, and develop. In the NFL, you can't do it by yourself. Right. I don't care who you are, if it's Peyton, if it's Drew Brees, if it's whatever best quarterback, which these guys aren't yet. Yeah, you have to put talent around them, and they're not going to have that talent quick as they think. There's going to be a learning curve, and look at this class of quarterbacks. So we thought last year, man, this is the best quarterback class we've seen. The only one who's really playing up to par is Lamar Jackson, who, oh, by the way, was the last one last taken. One you know, Baker Mayfield's in. falling apart. Sam Darnold's falling apart. Right. You know, Josh Rosen has been a bust, who the Dolphins have. It's not a guarantee that if you tank for Tua, and this isn't a knock on Tua, it's a knock on the process, a knock on the uncertainty. Sure. You don't know Tua's going to be the answer. So I just think the Dolphins are really, they're taking this risk and we're seeing it unfold, but I don't think it's going to be necessarily the slam dunk that people yeah, think it. Cause I even see Dolphins fans rooting for it now. I'm like, be careful what you wish for. Well, at this point, you're so deep in it. Like you, I mean, you got <laughs> yeah. I mean, what else are you going to root for? Like you got, mm -hmm. there's something you got to have as a, as a light at the end of the tunnel if you're the Dolphins fan. Did you feel at all? Like I felt I was sitting there watching TV yesterday midday. And they had like the whole board up. Yeah. Out. Did you feel like it would, they were trying really, really hard with the NFL, uh, trade oh. deadline? Like it was TV really networks trying to, trying to get ratings really yes. hard. The ticker on there, oh counting my God. down the clock. There's the only one news. sport you can do that with. <laughs> yes, exactly. Seriously. No, it really is. Um, they're trying to, I thought it would have, and there was some drama that unfolded, which was good for the TV networks with what happened to the Jets. Now it's trying to decipher, all right, what was real and what was not. And that's where Adam Gaze, who I think 
I was not a fan of him down here with the Dolphins, the way he yeah. treated his players, the way he treated the media. Give me a personality. Like, give me something positive. He's so negative. I think it's his way or the highway, yep. and that doesn't play in 2019. I don't know if it really ever played at anyone. The best coaches usually figure out a way to maximize the best sure. out of their players. Um, the Jets were a center of a mess that was unfolding yesterday. Le'Veon Bell was rumored to be being shopped after he told the organization, I don't want to go anywhere. Jamal Adams, similar position, same boat. He was um said he went to the team and said, I don't want to be traded. And meanwhile, he felt like the Jets shopped him around out there, Joe Douglas. And the team is having to backpedal and reel back and saying, hold on a second. This isn't what happened, but I don't believe them. I believe they took calls for sure, which is a different one. Yeah, you kind of have look, to listen. Shopping is actively going out there trying to get rid of Danny Cannell. I, right. I no longer want him. Right. What can you give me for him? That's a completely different conversation than than someone calling and saying, hey, is Danny Cannell available? Here's what we'll give you for him. You're As a GM, you're never going to not take that call, right? You, that's what your, your job is to listen. What if they... What if they offer you two first round picks? You don't know. Right. Right. So you take the call. That's different. And I don't know that a team owes a player, um, the, the courtesy of not taking a call on him. Right. Now, actively shopping him, if they've told you they're not going to do that, um, uh, I think you should kind of, you know, stick to your word if you're the organization, but you got to take the calls, man. Guys' feelings get hurt around this all the time. And, you know, it's, it's business at the end of the day. So, you know, th- some of that just around trade deadlines. Be prepared yeah, for that. And people get sensitive. And because football players aren't used to this, I think that's one thing that's a harsh reality. Right. That they're not – like NBA, you kind of get used to it. Sure. Because it is prevalent. It does happen a lot. So players kind of understand baseball, same thing. Because trades don't happen or at least historically haven't happened that much, I think players are really struggling with, man, this means they don't like me or whatever. They just took the calls. I think Joe Douglas, the GM, he's already reached out to several players to try to do some damage control. He's going to be doing it for a while. And there's a trust that's broken there. And I think they're going to have to build it back up with Jamal Adams for sure. And Le'Veon went out and took to social media and said, hey, we're going to keep firing. And I actually, Le'Veon, I think, has actually done a really nice job of image repair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think as as Steelers, hey, not playing an entire season, you wonder where he is. And on the field, he's carrying a lot of the workload. He's taking a pounding and he's out there imploring Jets fans, don't give up on us. We're going to still fight. I think that's a good thing that you can do to put himself out there in the best position. Welcome back to Canal and Bell. It's our new expanded version of Shoe Showdown. I love it because not only we showcase our shoes that we're wearing today, but we also look around the NBA. We look at releases. I love the way we're doing this now, including Ruben Palacios, our buddy here, who writes for CBSSports.com, has an article up with rankings of the NBA Sneaker King Power Rankings, the first edition is up on CBSSports.com, so make sure you go check that out. Ruben also, he better appreciate this nice pump for his Don't article do when he determines. Don't do that because he's already. I, he's already. I think like, I'm back to back, uh, back to back weeks. I'm going on here, uh, so right. let's preview. Uh, take a look at his power rankings. The uh, NBA Sneaker King Power Rankings coming in at number five. Montrezl Harrell, who's featured now. This is not just one pair of shoes. This is over a week in the NBA action. Okay, this is what he's rolling uh, out. He wore some custom Jordan Twelves. So he's going multiple brands. Oh, Reebok, went. question, double cross, uh-huh. and the leaning way of Wade, yeah. sevens. Yeah, I just, that's so what, he's what, a free agent? Is that what we're doing? He must yeah, be. he's just rocking. So he's wearing whatever it is out there. There's the Reeboks. Eh. Those, those are the old AIs. Those are hot. Those are hot. Those right. are the line. Those are the right way there. of waves, right? Mm-hmm. So, all right. So that's Montrezl Harrell's coming at five. Montrez, bro. Montrez. <laughs> Thank you for correcting that. I'm going off the uh, Ron Burgundy pronunciation. <laughs> reading it off the script. Demar Derozan. Okay. 
He's always tough with the Kobe game. Had the that Nike Kobe four Drew Leagues PEs. Oh, uh, kind of tight, yeah, and those would uh, flow uh, pretty nice there. And then just the Nike Kobe fours as well. Those are hot. Those are nice. I like That's the black. Simple. Keep that, it simple. Number ten on there. I like that. You like those? Are those patent leather too on the front? Yeah, I think those ones were patent. Those leather are the most comfy yeah. Kobe to play in. All right, let's check in with the king himself, LeBron, coming in at three. Nine, uh, the sixteen lows, red carpets, the seventeen two Ks, the seventeen Lakers, and the seventeen red carpets, which we just saw there. Do you like those colorways right there? Yeah, I kind of dig that. I kind of dig. Um, those are my favorites. The lows. Oh, those are the Lakers, huh? The lows and the Lakers classic colors. Those are the ones I like the best. And then those are the purple ones we featured, the 17s, right? Yeah, those, those are, are the 17 2Ks. I, I, I like those. I appreciate those. And those are the red carpets. I All right. And then one of the, the original OGs of Sneaker Kings, PJ Tucker, comes in at two. Now, he's the one we discussed last week being a free Fire. agent those trying to get four, some other Kobe ones. Four. Kobe 4 PEs. Uh-huh. Then he had the Jordan Travis Scott Cannot sixes. be comfortable. Right. Because those, those are getting dated. That's like using an iPhone 1. And, yes. out, out and they don't even 11. make them. Like, they make them with cheaper material now because they're not made for for performance anymore. right and then air bacons yeah the nike air bacons there were pretty fresh too Old Tim all right so that is two so who comes at number one you may ask kyrie irving he's so rocking he, the same shoe though different really colorways. so just yes, all they, the color five so we had the pineapple house the spongebob peas the bandaloo alternate peas uh, oh those uh. are those are funky though. Those are like a little. Those look like hipster. Those fit in perfectly in Brooklyn. They do. On the street. Those are the pineapples. I got my young seven year old. No, those, those are SpongeBob, right? SpongeBob's, yeah, the yeah, pineapple. SpongeBob. SpongeBob pineapple. Uh, um, he's got one coming out in a couple of days called Keep. Those are my fresh. favorite. Are probably the black and the yellow. <laughs> those are hot with a gum sole looking. Yeah. All right. I like those the best. Uh, so Kyrie is your leader uh, this week in the power rankings. The NBA sneaker uh, sneaker king. Make sure you check, go check out the article on CBSSports.com for sure. All right, upcoming sneaker release. I'm bummed. Because we were talking about the Kyries that were released last week in New York City. They were yeah. in Soho. Yeah. Could have went and got a fresh pair of them. I didn't go do it. But the Jordan 12 Reverse Taxi. Tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. October 1st on Seekers, 190 retail. Those are pretty fresh. I kind of like yeah, those. Yeah, what, what do they have them? Do they have what they're going to go for Resale, uh, only yeah. 200, 220. So you might, yeah, not worth my time. Not worth your time. You can go get them for an extra 20 bucks. Yeah. Pay up for those. Right. Uh, the 12s there. Those uh, were those were like work boots. I didn't love that Jordan. Yeah, Even they when they look, first came out, they were clunky. They're a little bit for. All right, I'm a big fan of Jordan 1s. How about the Jordan 1 Fearless? Yeah, we got to get those. This is the they come MJ. out Saturday. Yeah, I like these too. What's so the resale? Are, 160 retail, resale 280 to 350. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so you yeah. might be able to snatch these yeah. up on uh, sneakers.com uh, Saturday at 10 a.m. and other retailers as well. I don't think these will be as high as we're predicting them. I think you'll be able to get these a little bit more. Uh, and those are patent leather, the other colors. Yeah, they're dope. These are the MB, uh, MJ. All right, what do you got for today? For um, me versus you. Okay. The shoe showdown. In um, honor of my middle son, Ty Bell. Who is really into Jordan ones right now? And yeah. I didn't realize they were costing so much now. I just brought a basic pair of like white and metallic red Jordan ones. Just clean, something you wear with jeans, throw on something red up top or white. Yeah. All right. It. Those aren't bad. Uh-huh. All right. These, these yeah. are mine. I got the, I got the classics okay. right here. Yeah. You know, the Jordan. I love, see, I love the, the U, anything UNC. I grew up a UNC kid. Right. Like going to UNC basketball camp. <laughs> trying to go. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think I win this one. I just, Ruben have a, a word out yet. Ruben, so far. Danny, you're not going to love it. You're not going to love it. 
What? It's Raja. Hey, oh, man, these. these are way cooler looking. <laughs> these are way better on stock. Welcome back, brother. Better. Ruben, get out of here. I'm not pumping your site anymore. I'm not pumping your article anymore. Garbage. <laughs> All right. I'll bow down to you this one. That's how you know. That's how you know that the man knows his stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. That's how you know. He does. Well done. All right. We'll be back tomorrow. Our boy Emery Hunt for some NFL picks. See you tomorrow. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game full speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.